The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Another edition of the Movie Zone. Austin Horton here with you and Johnny Lightfoot back for more. What's up, buddy? How are you, dude? I am groovy, man. How about yourself? Uh, I'm good. I've never thought of you more in my life, though. Uh Uh-oh. What did I do? Well, we're streaming 24 hours a day at our house, the movie Onward. Oh, yes, And yes. their last name is Lightfoot. I know. How cool is that? Pretty dang cool. I thought that was so cool. My son told me about that, and uh, he picked it up in one of the trailers, and I'm like, really? Their <laughs> last name's Lightfoot? I said, now we have to own this movie. Oh, absolutely. Now, are you of, uh, do you have Elf in your uh, ancestry lines? Yes, and Troll. Okay. Oh, really? Yes, and uh, a little bit of everything. Wow, there's yes. the, the, you're, a, you're a melting pot, the Lightfoot's I, I am are. a melting pot <laughs> of everything good. Well, how's your week been, man? <laughs> man, it's been, well, it's kind boring. of boring. Boring, <laughs> let's be honest. It's, it, there is so much historical stuff happening, and yet it's the most boring period of our lives. I know, isn't it crazy? It's weird. It's like last year we used to be kind of lazy if we just sat around on the couch, and now we sit around on the couch and we're being, you know, doing the right thing. That's, you've done a lot today. Yes. It's I watched day. six movies today. I actually mailed a letter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the post office is grateful that someone's entering the to, to mail a letter. So how's your week been? Oh, just wild. I've launched this new podcast, yeah, uh, the EP podcast. It's been a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot to do a podcast every day, actually. Of course it but is. But it's fun. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying that. Uh, we had, at our house, we had... The uh, rocks for our front yard landscaping were delivered, and uh, we didn't know they were coming, and it shook the house so bad we thought there was an earthquake. Oh, wow. And then the next morning, there was an earthquake again. Well, aftershock. Right. And now an aftershock again today. And you know what today is? Thursday? The uh, (laughs) shake-up day, you know, where they do the earthquake drills for schools? Oh, that's today? That's today. How ironic is it that we actually had an earthquake on that day? Well, you mean they had planned for this day to be that? Because there's no one in school right now. Right, but yeah, but this is the normal day, the shake-up day that they do, where they they run earthquake drills and stuff. Wow. And I heard them talking this morning, they said, we've always joked about what happens if an earthquake actually happens on that day. It's like, well, there we go. Uh, It's amazing. The, the, these times we're living in, they are crazy, and I'm sick of them. So they can stop at any time. Locust is next, right? Now, I'll take those over earthquakes. Yeah? I can handle grasshoppers. Well, because they're seagulls. Just with a swath of my arm, and they're <laughs> out of my... You know, if what you are they going to do to me? If you catch them, you can eat them. With honey? With honey. Honey cinnamon. and locusts. Cinnamon. You can uh, crackle them over a fire. Sure. Ugh. I don't condone it, but sure. Uh, I have had cricket before. Really? Which is just a smaller grasshopper. Uh, it's just... Uh, up at uh, the, I went to a Seahawks game, or Seahawks, a uh, Mariners game. Okay. And they sell, first of all, they sell garlic french fries. Okay. Which are, they can't be beat. They're yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, sure they're amazing. Phenomenal. But they also sell, uh, how did they cook? They were crispy. They were uh, uh, some kind of uh, glazed cricket. Ugh. And I just tried a couple 
just to, so I could say I'd done it. And I don't ever want to do it again. But if you look yeah. at some projections in the meat future, we might have to get our protein from crickets. You know, it's I, the new meat. Well, <laughs> I, mm, no. You know, I've traveled all over the world, and I've been to very exotic, strange places, and I've seen bugs available to eat, and I just, it, I can't do it, man. I Not just, yet. I, but you know, might have to someday. I might have to, but I think I'll eat something else. You know, grass? Well, that's not going to give you any protein. It works for cows. But they don't, they're, they are protein. They taste good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, how did we get here? Oh, yeah. It's the movie zone. That's just what we do. Yeah, we, we joke went around. down a rabbit hole there. Sorry. Uh, so, everyone these days is an expert on movies, and uh, we're grateful to have the, the added listenership during this crazy eventful time because that's it we've always said on the show it's everyone's favorite pastime sitting down and watching a movie but now it's everyone's just pastime it's what you have to do Mm -hmm. you know now before we get it we've got a debate we gotta bring on here from the big show oh i'm ready let's go well before we do that oh i uh send every sunday i send out my sunday dvd uh is it good or not okay so i find a dvd from my collection at home and i ask the people on twitter is this a good dvd or a bad dvd for me to own okay and this week's edition was 2003's paycheck ben affleck uma thurman aaron eckhart paul giamatti have you ever seen yes paycheck i'm i'm Trying to you know turn the old screws here in the brain and go so, back and remember this exactly. Ben Affleck uh, and Paul Giamatti play essentially uh, IT technical support mercenaries, where they go to companies and they uh, delete all their bad stuff hmm. so they don't get in trouble. Well, he gets this offer to do a job of the like. Uh, but and it's for like a, a, a huge amount of money, of course. But the caveat is he has to take this pill, I think it's a pill or an ejection of some kind that erases his memory. So he can't spill the secrets yes. later. Okay, because it's that bad of a thing. Ooh. Well, he then after he wakes up or whatever, he finds an envelope full of just random junk. They're like, "Here's your belongings that you turned in before the thing." He's like, "Then this none of this is mine." But it was all his, and it was a treasure map he left for himself so that he could oh. keep the money and bust the company for the bad things they were doing. Wow. Okay. 143 votes came in on this one. Okay. 53.8% say good. Really? 48, 46% say bad. So, so it's, it's not kinda... a landslide victory. No, but you know, worldwide it did a lot of money. It did $117 million worldwide. Not bad? No. With a $60, $60 million budget, so they made money. Yeah, it's a, it's, I think it's a good movie. It's not my favorite, it's not the greatest, but it's it's worth your time. 2003, let's see, what was Ben Affleck's name in that? It was Jennings. Michael Jennings. Michael Jennings, right. Uh, now, Rotten Tomatoes says it's 27% rotten. So they're now, not is that good that. or is that bad? No, that's, that's terrible. Oh, okay. Because okay. So it can be confusing. If you it's know? above 50%, it's called fresh. Right. If it's below, it's called rotten. 27% rotten. What's a green tomato on their tomato meter? A green tomato? I think yeah. it's above 70. Above 70? Yeah. So that's getting pretty good then. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, but IMDb has it six and a half out of 10. So, there you well, go. I, if I remember correctly, it's one of those movies that's a lot of fun to watch. Um, not super memorable, obviously. I'm not remembering at all. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic because that's the, what the movie's about a guy forgetting. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, I would assume it's probably a good movie, especially in these times, to throw on, watch. And uh, kill a couple hours and, and, and be entertained. Yeah, it's fast moving. You know? you'll, you'll like it. All right, now, 
Let's fight. Gloves coming off. Let's go. Now, here's my statement about the Beatles. Okay? The Beatles are transcendent. They are talented. They are special. They are uh, certainly uh, an important part of music's history, but they are akin to vanilla ice cream. Oh, dude. Vanilla ice cream's delicious, and the ice cream world and industry would be nowhere without vanilla ice cream. Okay. But if it's your favorite... You're boring and you're not stretching yourself. Okay. That's my take on the Beatles. Let me ask you a question first. Um, are you <laughs> a Rolling Stones fan? Sure. More than a Beatles fan? Yeah, probably. Okay. Because it's a little is, more happening. This has been the debate for years. Okay. You're either a Stones fan or a Beatles really? fan. Yeah. There's few that fall in the middle. Like, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I like some Stones. Maybe the greatest hits. Maybe not. Maybe Brown Sugar. But okay. <laughs> I love the Beatles, right? Yeah. But I found that a lot of people are either Stones fans and they don't like the Beatles, or they're Beatles fans and they don't like the Stones. Okay. So I see where you're coming from. Now, <laughs> the Beatles are probably by far the greatest rock band of all time. No, see, they're not. And here's why. That's so boring, man. See, here's why. Because no one was doing anything like them when they came out and did it. Everyone has copied them. So your, your phrase of their vanilla is because you've heard it a million times. But you got to go back and remember, they were the pioneers. They were the first ones. They were doing things that nobody has done but now does every single day. And that's why then they were the greatest of all time. Okay. But not anymore. No! There's been hundreds of better bands than that. In fact, we did this exercise on the Big Show on Wednesday. Okay. Where we played Beatles songs, but only covers of the Beatles. Okay. And every one of them was ten times the song than the original That's by the Beatles. That's because you don't like the Beatles. No, I do like that. See? I See, people think you either hate or love the Beatles. No, I like the Beatles. I thought we just clarified Stones <laughs> or Beatles. I like them both. I prefer the Stones. Okay. I like the Beatles. I just think that they were better song makers than doers. Does that make sense? Okay. Like Bob Dylan. No. Incredible musician who should never sing a lick. (laughs) Everyone, he should have someone else do his songs every time. You know, Bob Dylan is probably the greatest American songwriter. Okay, we could go but, with that. But I, but you're songwriter, songwriter, not will, song doer. No, I will go with you on that. I tend <laughs> not to put on a Bob Dylan record. It makes a great coaster. You know, <laughs> it looks but, cool on the wall. Did you? Yeah. In fact, did you ever see him do "We Are the World"? Did you ever no. see that video? No. You know where they got all the people together for the the benefit of "We Are the World," right? Yeah. And they had all the celebrities singing. You go to Bob Dylan, and they flash over to the camera on him, and he is just sitting there, and it looks like he is. Mouthing every word, not knowing what he is saying. <laughs> no, but, but literally, like, like looking around, like suspiciously, like I hope the camera's not on me because I don't know what I'm singing. <laughs> but uh, so the Beatles, they're Beatles. they're Bob Dylan. They can make, they can write incredible music. They wrote incredible music, and they were fine how they performed it. Every time I hear a cover, I like it better than their version, though. So. But I'm a cover have, guy anyway. Do you have a favorite Beatles record? No, I could. I don't know what. So you couldn't what, say like the album. White Album. You couldn't say you know. I, I don't know what's what on what album. No, I hate Yellow Submarine. The song. I'll okay. Tell you that right now. That, that's fine. It's kind of an out there song. I'm not uh, going to disagree with that. It's definitely out there. But Sergeant Pepper's fine. Yeah. The Jimi Hendrix version is ten times better. What about the movie? Now, which movie? Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I've never seen band. the movie. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about bad Beatles covers? <laughs> The only song that really came great from that was Aerosmith's Come Together. 
I love that song. That's where that that song came from. Is that movie? Okay. So you know, Alice Cooper's in it, of course. Uh, Barry Gibb, Peter Frampton, and the songs are are something that's not great. Hmm. But I'm still gonna say yes. People do songs of them, and they're great songs. And the covers sometimes are better. But you also got to remember, modern recording techniques can allow that as well. Back then, the Beatles had four tracks to work with. Four. Mm -hmm. They couldn't even mic a full drum kit and do it that way. Which is good for them because their drummer was bad. Yes. In fact, did you hear McCartney (laughs) say uh, they were asking if uh, Ringo Starr was the best drummer ever? Of all time? Yes. They asked him that, and and, uh, Paul McCartney's response was, he's not even the best drummer in the band. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right, man. Absolutely. But no, they had to, what they had to do to record was they actually had to take all those tracks Mix them down to one track, why most of the records are in mono. So take a drum kit and a bass, mix it down to mono, take guitars, mix it down to another track, then do whatever they could vocally to go. So nowadays you can pop up your computer and you can have thousand tracks if you want it. Yeah. yeah. You know? So of course you have more range. You have more ability to put giant symphonies in, to auto-tune, to make it better. But you've got to start <laughs> first with a great song. You have they nothing. Had, yep, then I'll agree with you. They had you, great songs. You have nothing if you don't have a great song. I just prefer someone else doing those songs. That's because you're young. Uh, no, I'm not that much <laughs> younger than you. Now, uh, I will say this. The best movie of 2019 was Be- uh, Beatles-centric. Yesterday? Yesterday. Yeah, great oh, movie. such an incredible movie. I loved it. And now I hate the movie Across the Universe. I didn't like that either. I'm with you. Because it's not a movie. It's just one long Beatles music video that they tried to make into a connected movie and it didn't work. Badly done. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yesterday is a movie that involves the Beatles, but is not just Beatles music. It's I loved that movie. I'm sure a lot of our audience has seen it, but if not, Yesterday I think was the best movie of 2019. Don't look at the reviews and decide. Watch it and then decide. No, you got to watch it. I don't think the reviews were very fair to it. Well, Google reviews were 80-something percent. They liked it. IMDb was, I think, just under 7 out of 10. Okay. And Rotten Tomatoes was somewhere in the middle. Okay. A little north of middle, which I I, I would have given it a nine out of ten. Yeah. I would have given it four out of five stars, whatever rating. Absolutely. I thought it was great, and I was hooked from the minute he started. See, well, being a musician, it really appealed to me. Because I've been in that position that he was in where he's going to play this big music festival, but he's really just some small tent behind the outhouses. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. That no one's there and paying attention to. And you got to pretend like you're at Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you got to sell you're, it. Yeah. And so I can relate to all of that, but then to see him rise to the quote-unquote success of his songs, <laughs> out-song write Ed Sheeran in a contest, <laughs> you know, by, by playing a different song. It's, Writing the Beatles, yeah. Yeah, it's, see, that's what I'm talking about. The, the idea, Beatles are great, man. For those that haven't seen it, the idea of the movie is he's the only person on earth, supposedly, who has ever heard a Beatles song before. Yeah. One day, there's a power outage and no one knows the Beatles except him. Right. And so he takes their music, rewrites it from memory, and becomes the world's most famous musician. <clears throat> Turns out he may not be the only one on earth that remembers the Beatles. So it's an interesting show. You know, I, I thought about that movie and it's like, I wonder if something happened like that before. Like maybe we had iPhones before we had iPhones, but something <laughs> happened and we got wiped. And then Steve Jobs says, I've got an idea. <laughs> That's how it turned out for Nobody him. remembers the so and so whatever phone. Yeah. I'm going to call it an iPhone. The, the, the Egyptians had computers. But we just didn't know, and then Bill Gates found him again. Hey, have you seen Ancient Aliens? There's all sorts of computer stuff in those pyramids. (laughs) All right. 
uh, I don't think that's feasible, but uh, it'd no, be fun. No, it's not plausible. It's not plausible. Before we break, uh, we got our poll question coming up next. Okay. We're asking for people, uh, get on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot. What is the uh, best and worst movie or show you've taken in during this quote-unquote quarantine hiatus period? At Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot. We'll get to that in segment two. But before we uh, break, Johnny, we got to pay tribute to one of the greatest American actors of all time, in my opinion. I, I The can't guy never this. had a bad role. No. And he's passed away, sadly, at the age of 81. Uh, we just spoke about him last week, Brian Dennehy. I know. Is it that crazy, man? Literally, like you said, we just talked about him. We just talked about his career. We talked about how he was Tommy's dad. You're right. In the movie Tommy Boy, how he was really him. But Brian Dennehy, man. What is your fit? So let, let me read a few of his movies. You got Silverado, yeah, eighty-five. Yep. Tommy Boy, Cocoon, yeah. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, Gladiator from nineteen ninety-two. He was in Ratatouille. I don't remember that. But I remember anyway. that. He the was Man in, uh, from Snowy River, of course. First Blood. First Blood, yeah. He he did so Deadly Matrimony. Uh, he did Never Cry Wolf. He did so many great movies. Man. I think what you were going to say is what's my favorite from his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go with Cocoon. Okay. I think Cocoon was probably my introduction to Brian Dennehy. I know there's been many stuff before that, MASH and all sorts of things before that. But I remember him most my, as my first introduction was Cocoon. And I thought that was a really fun movie and just a, an overall cool thing. But then, of course, later on, I realized he was also in First Blood, which I love. But, man, I just love everything. Tommy Boy is great. You know, his Big Tom. Oh, yeah. Awesome. What's yours? Well, Cocoon won uh, a couple Oscars. I want to think. I want to say, including Donna Meech had uh, won for supporting role. Okay. In in, uh, in Cocoon, Cocoon's fine. Uh, my favorite role, yeah, is Big Tom. Of course. And he's hardly in the movie. Yeah. So I don't. I don't dare say that's my favorite Brian Dennehy movie because it's not. He's not a centric figure in it. Uh, but Silverado would then have to be my answer. Yeah. I love Silverado. I think I think I'm gonna go with still go with Cocoon and probably second would be Rambo First Blood. You know, he was the bad guy sheriff. I don't really like Rambo though. I don't I've never really yeah, been. I, into I Rambo. understand yeah. it. I understand it. But uh, an incredible career and a life uh, even at eighty one cut way too short. They said it was just uh, natural causes. You hope that to be the case, you hope it was peaceful. Yes. And quick. Yes, so. you hope it was uh, quick. But I want to mention that because a lot of people are passing away from our current pandemic. And you I hear just wanted... someone pass away, you're like, oh, it was it yeah, Corona? Right. Yeah. And so I just want to stress that it was not that. At least that's what the report says. Cool. So rest in peace, yeah, man. Brian Dennehy. And thank you for sharing your talents with the world. By the Appreciate way, he was it. also in Dynasty. He was in Dynasty. Did you like Dynasty? I was kind of forced to watch it because oh, yeah. my mom watched it. You know, Never seen and, it myself. And I was just kind of like... Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll watch it. I know you're going to be done, then I can watch cartoons after, so <laughs> I kind of watched it in that. So there you go. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. It's your time to shine here on the Movie Zone each and every week. Poll question of the week. What's the best movie or TV show you've watched during this uh, hiatus? What is the worst? Ooh. At Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot. We'll also get an At Home With segment or episode number two with another host or two here on The Zone. It's coming up next here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment two here on The Movie Zone. Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot with you. Soundtrack of the week. 
Coming to you courtesy of segment three later in the show are Back to the Archives, or From the Archives, <laughs> Back to the Future is our soundtrack of the week, Johnny. Yeah. Why? Why are we going with this? Man, I. how can you not go with this? Huey Lewis. My favorite. The Power of Love. We talked in the first segment about... Uh, uh, American songwriters yeah. and how you think Bob Dylan is it. Yeah. I don't know. That, uh, did Huey Lewis write his own music or did he have a songwriter? I don't know, but I've never not liked a Huey Lewis song. No, most of them are really, really good. In fact, the best concert I ever saw was yeah. just on a whim at a amphitheater up in Layton, the Ken, uh, Ken, Ed Kenley Amphitheater. Uh, the day I came home from my honeymoon, Huey Lewis the News was playing there. Yes. We call them the old people concerts out there in Layton. <laughs> and they rocked the place. Of course it is. Melted Huey, it down. Huey Lewis, man. Now, sadly, he's now lost his hearing. Yeah. And uh, is no longer performing. Uh, he's, he, he's undergoing some treatments he thinks might bring it back. But I, I love Huey Lewis the News, and I love Back to the Future. And in segment three, we'll give you some news notes and nuggets about Back to the Future. What's your favorite Huey Lewis song? Oh gall! That's that's an impossible question. The fir- I'll just say the first song that pops in my head is "If This Is It." Ah, a little love ballad. Yes, of course. But a uh, new drug. Yeah, I want a new drug. I Come think it's probably mine. I still remember the MTV video, and I'll never forget that part in the video where he sticks his head in uh, the sink with all the ice. Yeah, yeah. And I never understood that. <laughs> you know, I never understood why you would just do that. Just get in the shower. <laughs> am I wrong or am I right here? But but it, it, yeah, well, it takes yeah, it would take a little more effort to get a sink full of ice. Right, you got to go to the fridge. <laughs> you got to get the ice out. But how boring would that be to just j- jump in the shower? Maybe he's shy. Maybe that was why he maybe, didn't want Maybe. To. <laughs> I don't know, but... Maybe he's a never-nude, like Tobias Fouquet. Never-nude. Oh, do, do tell. From Arrested Development? You ever seen Arrested Development? I've watched it, but I'm not uh, a big fan of it, man. David Cross plays a character named Tobias. Okay. And he's a never-nude, meaning he's never naked, even okay. in the shower. Really? Yeah, he's committed to never being nude. So is it kind of like the, uh, the guy in Tiger King when he got in the bathtub with his clothes fully on? Similar. Did the interview from that? Similar. So. He, he always has these uh, Daisy Duke denims. That's what he wears oh, underneath everything. So. Well, I don't know why I just thought of Reno 911 when you said that, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to more Back to the Future in segment three from the archives. Talk about that a little more uh, coming up. But right now it's time for the poll question of the week. At Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot on Twitter. What is the best movie or TV show you've watched during this, let's call it a hiatus, and what is the worst? Go ahead and get on there and answer and play along. Uh, this is uh, where we, this is your, tr- your, your turn to shine here each and every week on the Movie Zone. First answer I see here, Johnny, is from Steven Surprise. Okay. He says, the best is Succession and Better Call Saul, mm. and the worst he has watched is Tiger King. Interesting. Now... Let's talk about Better Call Saul for a second. Okay. I've only seen a few moments right. of Better Call Saul. Did you see Breaking Bad? Only a few moments because I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I think, uh, what's his name? Cranston and Aaron Paul are amazing actors. Yeah. Uh, and I understand the greatness of that show. It just never was for me. I like to laugh. Of course. So do yeah. I. I. I love laughing too. But I loved Breaking Bad. And I love the idea of the creepy lawyer. You know, yeah. like how the dirty lawyer and how he got to that place. But I couldn't get into Better Call Saul. I watched the first There's season. There's a lot of people that say it's better than I know, Breaking Bad. I know. And I, I don't know if they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, you know? But yeah. 
I, I like I said, I got into it. I watched the first season, and that's kind of where I stopped. You know, you watched the whole season, though. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it never because Breaking Bad never got me. I didn't get into Better Call Saul. I've seen a few moments here, and I think Bob Odenkirk is vastly underrated. Yeah, oh, big time! You know, he auditioned to be uh, Michael Scott on the oh, office. Really? Did he really? And it was down between he and Steve Carell, and they went with Steve Carell. And then later in later years. Uh, when uh, there's an episode where uh, Pam is looking for a new job and she goes to another office and Bob Odenkirk plays the nice. manager of that office and he, so he gets to play his version of Michael Scott for an episode. Oh, that's well, at least they gave him one thing. What do you think Steven means by the worst show he's seen being Tiger King? Is that the worst because of how terrible the people are in it or he just didn't like the show? Dude, I don't know. I love Tiger King. Did you? I thought it was awesome and horrible at the same time. <laughs> you know, I, I even watched the newest episode that just came out. Did you see this? There's another episode? So, yeah, there's one more where... Um, An oh, eighth episode? An eighth episode. And it's just interviews. It's like done with an iPhone, you know, because okay. we're in the quarantine. And uh, he interviews all the characters from the, the, the show, except for, of course, the one in Joe. prison. Joe, right. Yeah. But, uh, and the, yeah, and those that have passed. But Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought uh, it took me one or two episodes and then I was kind of in. It, it's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite for me. Like when I first saw Napoleon Dynamite, I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. I went to school with these guys. Oh, you did? You know, not not the actors, oh, but, but Hess, you know that yeah. that type of people at my school. Oh, I got right? you. So I'm like, I don't get it. This isn't funny. This is my life. But then I started seeing like, oh, I get it. While the outside, like, why New York and LA think it's so great because they didn't experience it, right? Yeah. So I think that same kind of things like the Tiger King. I I loved it. I just thought it was hilarious looking at it from the outside in and uh, I I I 100 think Carol Baskin killed her husband. Yeah. I think it was a well-done documentary, too, but uh, just from a, a quality-of-show standpoint. So if, I wonder if Steven says worse just because of the people and how bad they were. Well, you know, it's got, it's got a lot of press, and sometimes things that get a lot of press can get on people's radar, and they want to talk bad. I'm not saying that he is. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying sometimes they can, but I thought it was just great, man. I, I can't wait for the movie. There's a movie? They're, they're talking about making a movie, Jeez. yeah. Uh, Talon says, technically I'm rewatching it, but Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a masterpiece. Yes. I still have only seen bits and pieces of that here and there. I love it, man. It's on Amazon Prime. I love Tony Shalhoub, mm-hmm. and I love stand-up comedy, so I don't know why I haven't really dived into this yet. So. And this isn't a big spoiler, but I love how her husband tried to be a comic and was just using everybody's material, <laughs> right? Like, he heard the same com- the same joke from, like, four different comics, but then she just got up and just laid it down, man. Just mic drop moment. She had it. And then got, gets it. arrested. Yeah. And still not giving anything away, but uh, <laughs> I-, I thought it was a great series. Lundy, Alex Lundberg, says he finished Living With Yourself on Netflix last night. Paul Rudd is incredible. It's that show where Paul Rudd is- has a clone. Oh, I don't know this. Sh- oh, it's terrific. Oh, wait. No, I have seen part of this. I think uh, my girlfriend was watching it, and I caught the tail end of it. Like, I came in, and there was like two Paul Rudds. I'm like, what's going on here? And that's, it's one of the, they've done such a good job in hooking you, because they'll make one episode about one of them, and then it ends that episode starting the next episode about the other, and then it ends, and so you're like, I got to watch this next one. Ooh. It's terrific. Okay. It's 
It's got language. It's got uh, subject matter. That's fine. But living with yourself, Paul Rudd, I thought was great as well. I'm going to put that on the list. Mike says, best was having the ability to watch new releases from home because babysitters aren't always available, and the worst was Tiger King couldn't even finish it. Oh, man, there's two. I guess he didn't even like the show. There's two. Lanny, best, no country for old men. Yeah. Worst, Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman was such a disappointment. (laughs) Come on, didn't you like all the hair flips and rock star poses that he did? No, the only good thing about Aquaman was... The, the guy that did all the concept art and then pr- uh, production art for it is a Utah. Is that right? And he's been a, a guest on the show. We need to maybe pull up that interview and play it again at some point. You know, I thought you were going to say the best part of Aquaman is when the credits were rolling. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Aaron, best he saw during the COVID nonsense, he says, was Ozark. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are talking about Ozark. Now... Is it true that if you like Breaking Bad, you'll like Ozark? I watched, again, I watched the first season and tapped out. And and no no particular reason why I tapped out. I just did. It's a lot. It's heavy. It is. I just thought, yeah. I, I, I find myself, it's hard for me to get into heavy shows. Because I want to, when I have the few seconds that I have free, I want to laugh and have a good time. I don't want to sit there and watch Jason Bateman run from drug dealers <laughs> or be you a know, drug dealer. When I first watched the first episode of Ozark, I, was, I thought, when the episode ended, I said, how are they going to do this show? They just wiped everybody out. <laughs> like the first episode is like a mass killing. Yeah. Aaron says the worst, though, was Tiger King. There's three. Because it's a dumpster fire you can't look away from, which that would imply to me it might be the best. That's why, see, that's why everyone loves it. It's like it's like driving past a car crash. Everyone has to look. Yeah. Slow down and look. Yeah. Which drives me nuts, but yet I still do it. <laughs> but uh, that's why I think Tiger King is... You know, so great. <laughs> the Two and a Half Brothers podcast weighs in. They say the best they've watched during this time is Westworld on HBO. Yes, now there we go. I haven't I haven't taken that in yet. I now, hear it's terrific. Season one and season two are awesome. We're about five episodes in. Uh, this Sunday will be the sixth episode of season three. And season three is a little different than one and two. It's, uh, well, I don't want to give anything away, but it's just different. Let's just put it that way. But it's still really good. It's you, about you, a... Amusement park, right? Sort of. Okay. It's about an amusement... In the future, it, right? It's, it's about... Well, maybe. maybe. Oh, I always thought it was in the future. But. Maybe. <laughs> yes. And no. <laughs> he says, though, the worst is... <laughs> and I agree with him on this. Fuller House. Oh. Says his kids have it on a 24-hour loop. That show is terrible. That show is horrible. Uh, Candace Cameron Bure. I'd spend 10 minutes with her and, and, and pick her brain. And, and Allison Sweeney. Who? The, the DJ and uh, Stephanie. But they grew up and had kids of their own. Blah 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 blah. Stephanie blah, blah, was blah. good on Dancing with the Stars. And let's was just she? Look at that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Rad Doll says best is rewatching Community. Like that answer. Okay. Worst is Trolls World Tour, <laughs> yes. and it's now my number one worst movie ever. Says X Ray Tay. Wow. I I I refused to pay twenty bucks just to rent the thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we will buy it. I promise. At some point, our family will buy it because my wife and daughter loved Trolls. I despise it. Okay. But they love it. Two versus one, they win. We'll yeah. own it at some point, but we're not renting it for 20 bucks. Okay, let, this brings up an interesting thing. This, uh, I love the fact that we can get new releases at home. When they're supposed to be in the theater, we can get them at home. Is it worth 20 bucks though? Just to rent. No, it's just not. Just to rent. I'm sorry, it's not. Not just Trolls. I'm talking any, any, any release right now. Well, I can't say any movie because if the 
like I'd probably pay twenty bucks to see the newest Star Wars as soon as it came out. Oh well, yeah, that's a no brainer. I would do. I would pay double that to see uh, it. But uh, but the the Trolls World World Tour, twenty bucks is what you'd pay for the DVD at Walmart. Yep, or the Blu-ray or whatever your your choice is. And then you own it forever. Right. That's what I'm saying. Would so, you rather rent it for 24 hours or own it for the same price? Nah, and I get why they're doing it that way, because you got to make some money back that yes. you aren't making at the box office. And, and let's be honest, you take a family of three or four to see a movie, 20 bucks is a deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's still for that movie, and you only get it once? Nah, no thanks. The first one was good. Um, I love the music in the first one. Yeah. And uh, as... Most sequels aren't as good as the first, so I kind of didn't expect a whole lot from it. Well, and see, as a movie, it's terrible, but yeah. the soundtrack was fun. Yeah. And look, I hate Anna Kendrick. Do you really? But I like her singing. Do you didn't like her in Twilight? N- uh, no. You're not a like Twilight anyone. fan? I didn't like anyone in Twilight. Come on, man. What a <laughs> steaming pile of garbage. Written by a Utah woman. No, I don't claim her. Okay. Uh, UPS Dave, Dave Horman says, best he's seen is Green Book. And ironically, the worst is another piano movie, The Pianist. Ooh. Pianist won an Oscar, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, I think with it Adrian did. Brody. I think it did. Quinn says, best is season four of Better Call Saul. Okay. Worst is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, whoa. Them's fighting words again. Now, here's... I, I have a follow-up for Quinn. Is this the first time he has seen it and it had so much buildup and hype for 37 years that right. he finally watched it and went, what's the, all this hype about? Because that I could I could see that making sense, where you because for example uh, Independence Day I never saw Independence Day when it came out okay. I saw it twenty one years after it came out ooh and in like two thousand seven or Welcome whatever to Earth. And, and I was like well that yeah not two thousand so two thousand seventeen somewhere in there and I was like this is fine you mean when the second one came out you saw it probably right before that one yeah because I was like okay if I'm gonna see the second yeah, one you and then the I never one. saw the second one because well, I didn't much. like the first one you didn't miss much so. So I could see why something for so many years gets talked about as so funny, and then you watch it and go, that was not that funny. See, this brings up my point with the Beatles again. Oh, You know, the go. hype. Was the hype built up? Oh, you know? man, Maybe that's radio why you don't like again. It. Oh, oh, my gosh. Come on. <laughs> B-Will says, best TV show Ozark on Netflix. Yeah. Robert says, remember the Titans. He doesn't specify if it was the best or worst that he's watched. Okay. Probably the best. I would assume. Jim Carper, The Curse of Oak Island and Mysteries of the Abandoned. So, do you never know heard is? of this. Okay, the Curse of Oak Island. Oh, I thought this was all one one show. Maybe it is. I know the Curse of Oak Island. That's on uh, the History Channel. It's about this island where they think buried treasure's been, and uh, they're digging up every square inch of wow. it to find it. It looks like it's got some interesting uh, real life characters in it. It's it, a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of like the Skinwalker out. Ranch thing that's filmed over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You Ugh. seen that? No. No, uh, the guy that owns that place, Brandon Fugel, yeah, the real estate tycoon, he's an interesting fella. He's got his own podcast. Y'all check out it sometime. I will check that out. Uh, Becky says, we've been loving Alone from the History Channel. Don't I don't know, know that one either. What is, a, let's see, Alone History Channel. Interesting. Is about, uh, second season, 10 survivalists on a mission to do what they do best, stay alive while in an isolated location. This time, northern Vancouver Island. So it's essentially Alaskan bush people. But they've been dropped in these areas and said, you survive. Okay. All right. That sounds all right. Zach says he's rewatching the Clone Wars cartoon and loving it. Cool. But he's heard that that tiger thing is pretty awful. (laughs) The tiger thing. (laughs) Jeff rewatched all the seasons of My Name is Earl, and he loves it. That was a fun show. 
Yeah. That it, come on, that was a fun show. It was the one I caught every. I had a class in college, and I'd get home for lunch, and it would be on TBS at that time every day. Oh, okay. And I'd watch the reruns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd watch two episodes of that, and then head back to class. Okay. And I, it was a dumb thing, but it was fun. And I like uh, I like uh, Jamie Lee Presley. Okay. And I like uh, Ethan Souplé. She plays. This is going to sound horrible, but she plays a great redneck, doesn't she? Perfect. I mean, She's it's great. like wow. Jason Lee's not my favorite, though. No. And maybe because of that stupid chipmunk movie that he did. <laughs> See, my exposure to Jason Lee was uh, with Kevin Smith and, you know, Mallrats is where he was first introduced. Right. And then, you know, obviously Chasing Amy. And was he in Dogma? You, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, he yeah. was in Dogma. He was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always loved him from that because I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. We'll take a break. Thanks for participating each and every week in the poll question of the week at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot. We're going to save at home. With Gordon Monson for next week's show. Okay. He did a review of True Lies that I can't wait for people to hear. We're going to have to save it for next week's show because coming up next, we've got from the archives going back to my birth year, 1985, right here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment of The Movie Zone. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot here with you here on The Zone Sports Network. And it's time now, as you hear the soundtrack of the week again, we pick Back to the Future because from the archives this week, we're going Back to the Future. 1985, the original. One of the best trilogies ever, but certainly the the number one is my favorite. Oh, absolutely. Well... I love number one and I love number three. I think the the Wild West part of Back to the Future three fun. Was, was really cool. Yeah. Two was great. Storyline was fun, but I loved it when it really got back to the nineteen fifty five. Yeah, you know, and they showed the different angle of mm-hmm. everything. I love that. But yeah. one, one is is you can't. So you would really rank them it. one three two. Yes, I think most people yes, would. I would yeah. do one three two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Back to the Future 1, if you want to call it that. Obviously, as you said nineteen eighty five. It was a July third release. Yeah. So Fourth it was a big July weekend for that, weekend, yeah. yeah. And uh, opening weekend, it did, uh, let's see, 11 million. Which in 1985, that was great. Yeah. It's a big, that's a big win. That's a big win. Obviously uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. One of my favorite directors ever. And written by him as well, and Bob Gale. Bob Gale's a terrific writer. Yep. Oh, they, man. This was a masterpiece. Yeah. I loved the first one, absolutely. Of course, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover. Yeah, when he was somewhat still sane. Yes. I have an interesting fact about that, too, yeah. so we'll uh, okay. we'll go into it. Of course, Billy Zane was in this movie. That's right. Um, and, of course, Thomas Wilson as Biff. Biff Tannen. Yep, that's all he's ever been known for. Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know... Just and I agree with you. Other than Star Wars, this is probably my favorite trilogy. And uh, in 1985, it was the top grossing film of the whole year. Yep. Wow. Yep. Number one grossing film in 1985. Like we said, 11 million sounds like a pitilance now. Yeah, it's not but much now. When you look at what 200 millions and yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. that, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I saw I when I when I was in the oh I want to say seventh or eighth grade we went to Universal Studios Hollywood. And we went on the back tour lot, and still, that was 12, 13 years after the release of this movie, the, f- the feature part of that back tours lot was the Back to the Future sets. 
It was really oh. cool to see the clock tower and the the, the I haven't seen those. neighborhood. Was that cool? And, well, it's all been torn down now. Oh, but it was terrific. As bummer. someone who loved uh, Back to the Future, yeah, I did. To see that. I still anytime it's on, I watch it. Did you know uh, Michael J. Fox turned it down originally because yes. he was too busy with family ties? Yes. And they went with Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. And they had to reshoot almost the whole film. I know. Eric Stoltz apparently was very method. Tom Wilson, who played Biff Tannis, said right. he's very method. He demanded that they call him Marty. And he spent more time, according <laughs> to Tom Wilson, trying to make out with Leah Thompson than act. <laughs> really? Uh, now, Michael J. Fox eventually agreed to do it, and they shot it all at night. Back to the Future was shot almost entirely oh, at night. With the Eric Stoltz? No. With Mar- with Michael oh, with J. Marty. Fox. Oh, really? Because he was he had the daytime, he was more or less owned by gotcha. family ties. Okay. And then at night they would shoot Back to the Future. And yeah. uh, it, it, it so anyway, John Cusack also uh, was considered for Marty McFly. I don't know if anyone else could have done it. Wouldn't have worked. Oh, I don't think it would have worked. Stoltz would have been fine, I think, but Michael J. Fox has got to be it. Stoltz would have been interesting. I mean, obviously, I think he's most known for Mask and uh, Pulp Fiction. Some kind of wonderful. Yeah. Where he teamed up again with Leia Thompson later. But. Well, I wonder Jeff Goldblum auditioned for Doc Brown. Wow. I cannot see that. Tim Robbins auditioned for Biff. Maybe. And originally, they shot the movie with a chimpanzee. Yes, they did. Not Einstein not, the dog. Not Einstein the dog. Crazy, huh? Yeah, Doc was supposed to have a, pit chi- uh, a pet champ- chimpanzee. A pit chimpanzee. Can I say this? <laughs> but did you know the uh, the movie was almost called Spaceman from Pluto? What? Yeah. Why? The original was supposed to be Spaceman from Pluto. That is which so is, stupid. Which is why, because they didn't think people would buy the whole time travel thing. Okay. And so they wanted to make this. Well, there's that scene where he dresses up as uh, Darth Vader from Vulcan or whatever. Right. That's a throwback to Spaceman from Pluto. Ah, uh, okay. But there's a lot of actually crazy, crazy little things in there. You know, Thomas Wilson, who we mentioned played Biff. He improved the majority of his signature lines. Did he really? Butthead, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> All of that was improv stuff from him. Now, if someone at the zone were to play Biff Tannen, who would you choose? Ooh, I PK. Really? Yeah. I think it has to be Hans Olsen. Really? I think he even looks like him. Uh, maybe. I think he'd be great at it. No, I, I'm going to go with PK. Okay. I, I, I would do more uh, Hans might be... Uh, Oh, what was the school counselor or the principal's name? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Archibald? No, uh, I don't uh, remember. Spacing on Who would name. play Marty McFly at the zone? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going with Jake Scott. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, yep. Jake. Yep. Who's Although, Doc? you've got the guitar skills. I have the guitar skills. So, you could, you could play some Johnny Be Good. Now, you want to know something funny about that? This is uh, a little, little trivia. So, when Marty McFly went back to the past... Okay, this gets confusing here. And he went and played the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, and he got up on stage and played guitar, right? Yeah. So the guitar he used was a uh, ES-330, uh, sorry, ES-345 guitar, Gibson, okay. right? Uh-huh. Uh, the scene was obviously shot, shot in 1955. That guitar, now only guitar nerds are going to know this, but that guitar was not even introduced until 1958. Oh, Wow. So, where did he get the guitar from then? Yeah, huh? <laughs> I think they just chose something that looked like something back then, but that yeah. model of guitar was not there. But here's one <laughs> other interesting thing, and you tell me if you think uh, it would have completely changed the movie. Originally, the DeLorean was not going to be a DeLorean. What? 
they were the the movie theater or the movie studio was offered, I believe, forty thousand dollars to make it a Ford Mustang. Oh no, that would have been that would have been bad. Would that have been bad? Right, it wouldn't have been the same movie, That's right? So every movie has a Mustang in it. I know it would not be. It wouldn't be Back to the Future without the signature DeLorean, right? And why DeLorean is my dream car is because of Back to the Future. It, it would, I, and I'm trying to think. Well, what would they have used as which Mustang would they have used? You know, would they have used the uh, '50s versions? Now that could have been cool, or or like the 1985. They'd version. probably do that so they could sell them. And that, that's uh, what I'm thinking too. Yeah. You know, no, and I like Mustang, but I it's got to be DeLorean. Right, it has to be. I thought that was kind of a weird thing, but there are so many. You know, they're making DeLoreans again. I can't wait. I yeah. kind of want yeah. one. Oh, I, I am I am getting one. Are I don't you care really? if it costs my family everything we own. When's it coming? Do you know? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> man, well, we gotta go, man. We gotta that was go. Fun. From the archive, Back to the Future. 19, how old were you in 1985? I was uh, 12. Did you see this in theater? I did. Wow, I did. My family took me. My mom was a big movie buff, so that's where I got it from. And she took me to all the movies, and we saw that one. Did together. it blow your mind? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It still yeah. blows my mind. The hoverboard and all that. Just how? Just well, Back to the Future really changed how everybody saw future time travel movies. You know, it kind of set the standard. Even though it's wrong, according yeah. to scientists, yeah. it still <laughs> set the standard. But I loved it. Mm. Well, that's it for this week's edition of The Movies. And thanks, Johnny. Thank you, you buddy. Back, and uh, even though you think The Beatles are the greatest of all time, I'll still uh, respect your opinions. Well, no, Kiss is the greatest of all time. But The oh, Beatles are... Kiss is, uh, huh? Yeah. The Beatles are up there. <laughs> uh, you did not mention Yellow Card yet, so we're in a fight. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, he's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on The Movie Zone.